1: original stories. Find us on snoozecast.com and follow us on Spotify, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, and Instagram, among others. We'd like to thank our listeners. If you enjoy our show, please write us a review. Also, share with a friend. This episode is brought to you by buttons that snap. Tonight, we'll be reading After London, or Wild England, a science fiction precursor by Richard Jeffries, first published in 1885. In its day, referred to as fantasy or romance, now we may describe it as eco-apocalyptic. The story tells of how London becomes a swampland after an unspecified natural disaster delivers England over to the mercy of nature. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. Chapter 1, The Great Forest. The old men say their fathers told them, that soon after the fields were left to themselves, a change began to be visible. It became green everywhere in the first spring, after London ended, so that all the country looked alike. The meadows were green, and so was the rising wheat, which had been sown, but which neither had nor would receive any further care such arable fields as had not been sown, but where the last stubble had been plowed up were overrun with couch grass, and where the short stubble had not been plowed, the weeds hid it. So that there was no place which was not more or less green, the footpaths were the greenest of all, for such is the nature of grass where it has once been trotted on, and by and by, as the summer came on, the former roads were thinly covered with the grass that had spread out from the margin. In the autumn, as the meadows were not mown, the grass withered as it stood, falling this way and that as the wind had blown it, the seeds dropped and the bennets became a grayish white or, where the docks and sorrel were thick, a brownish red. The wheat, after it had ripened, there being no one to reap it, also remained standing and was eaten by clouds of sparrows, rooks, and pigeons, which flocked to it And were undisturbed, feasting at their pleasure. As the winter came on, the crops were beaten down by the storms, soaked with rain, and trodden upon by herds of animals. Next summer, the prostrate straw of the preceding year was concealed by the young green wheat and barley that sprang up from the grain sown by dropping from the ears and by quantities of docks, thistles, oxeye daisies and similar plants. This matted mass grew up through the bleach straw. Sharlock, too, hid the rotting roots in the fields under a blaze of yellow flower The young spring meadow grass could scarcely push its way up through the long dead grass and bennets of the year previous, but docks and thistles, sorrel, wild carrots, and nettles found no such difficulty. Footpaths were concealed by the second year, but roads could be traced though as green as the sward, and were still the best for walking because the tangled wheat and weeds and, in the meadows, the long grass caught the feet of those who tried to pass through. Year by year, the original crops of wheat, barley, oats, and beans